Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find your Bible and go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 tonight. First Peter chapter 2. Go there. Are you live tonight? Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's go here. And we're going to talk about um, some things tonight that I don't know where all we're going, but we'll see. All right. We'll just, we'll just uh, see what happens here. Let's, let's go there to begin with, First Peter chapter 2. I want, I want to uh, read verse 9 of that chapter, of that uh, chapter 2. Got it? All right, the Bible says, but you are a chosen generation. Thank God we're, we're a different generation, amen? You know, people talk about generational curses, but, you know, we, we're of a different generation now. You know, all, all that stuff that, you know, our ancestors were messed up with, you don't have to be messed up with today because we're a different generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a, a, the King James says a peculiar people or a special or a purchased people. I want you to know you're somebody. Hallelujah. You, you know, you know what I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? The world kind of, if you let them, the world put the world try to put you down, but brother, you're somebody if you're in Christ. He says, uh, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I just want to talk about this tonight, how uh, and I don't know for sure what all I'm gonna say or where all we're gonna go, but how we're called out of darkness. You know, the world's just full of darkness, but we're called out. Hallelujah. Darkness of filth, darkness of, you know, the world's just, they're just pretty much wrong about everything, right? They're wrong about finances. They're wrong about marriage. They're wrong about healing. They're wrong about what's right and what's wrong. You know, and it's, it's getting worse and worse, but we're called out of that. I said, we're, we're called out of that. God's called us out of that darkness into His marvelous light. Yes. Hallelujah. So God's given us, I mean, He's given us light. Yes. Hallelujah. And, you know, I, man, I'll tell you what, I still go back. And I still remember back when I got saved and the mind renewal that began to take place because, you know, I came out of a lifestyle that wasn't good. And some of you probably did too, you know. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, whether you, how, how good a sinner you were, you, if you're a sinner, you're still lost, right? You know, I heard a man of God, and I've heard him say this before, but he said, you know, he said, he's a preacher. <laughs> he said, I've never, he said, I, I've, he, he said, I was uh, going to preach in this prison, you know, and he thought, what am I going to say to them? And he said, he just told them the, the, the real truth, you know, I mean, the reality of what his life was like. He said, you know what? He said, I have never uh, said a word of profanity in my life. Well, he got me beat. How about you? He said, I've never, I've never tasted alcohol in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never done drugs in my life. None of it, never. And of course, he's preaching to all these guys, you know, that's what their life consisted of. So he's thinking, how do I relate to these guys? So he said, I just told them that, you know, that I'd never done any of that. He said, but who wants to die and go to hell as, as the best sinner that ever lived? He said, that really, they got a hold of that. Yeah, we're all sinners. It doesn't matter, you know, what you think you did or you didn't do. And I, I came out of a, a kind of a rough lifestyle. And, 
But when I got saved, man, it was amazing how different what the way God thought about things and the way the world thought about things. As I began to learn the Word and begin to go to church and get my mind renewed, God's people get around them and, uh, you know, watch them, the way they walked and the way they lived and, and, and so forth. And, but God thinks different about things, man. I mean, you know what? He's got a different opinion about money than, than, than the world does. Amen. You know, and, and some people are so, you know, they, they're so intelligent financial-wise in the world. And, and that doesn't mean it's all wrong, but if it's not based in the Bible, how I many know it's just darkness? But God's, God's called us out of the darkness, right? He's called us into His marvelous light. And so, man, I'm telling you, um, one of my relatives got saved, you know. And I'm not condemning anybody if you smoke, so don't get mad. But I'm just, I'm preaching. And if, you know, just let me preach. It's my sermon. I can preach if I want to. And, you know, and, and th- this relative of mine got saved, and they'd been smoking Marlboros. You know, the Marlboro man, remember him? He was cool. Remember him? He died of cancer, but anyway, lung cancer. But, uh, you know, and he, uh, he, he'd smoked uh, all of his life. You know, when I say all of his life, all of his adult life, you know. And he got saved, and he walks outside the church, you know. He pulls that pack of Marlboros out, gets ready. And his wife got saved the same time he did. They both got saved the same night. He pulls that pack of Marlboros out and puts one in, getting ready to light it. And his wife says, you don't do that anymore, do you? He said, I guess not. Threw them away. That was the end of that. He chose to walk out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why is it so quiet? We got a church full of smokers or something? I'm just trying to help you, right? You know, a lady asked Brother John Osteen one time, well, it, she dipped snuff. How'd you like kiss that, guys? She dipped snuff, and she asked him, said, now what? she said, Brother Osteen, she said, he was her pastor, will you go to hell for dipping snuff? He said, no. He said, but you'll have to go there to spit. You won't be able to spit that stuff out on the streets of glory, how do you know that? So, but, I mean, there's just things, anything that gets you in bondage, God doesn't want it to have a hold of you. Amen. Uh, He wants to be your Lord and Master. Amen. And so, when I got saved, it's just like everything began to change. It's like I began to think different about everything and Think you know I didn't I didn't know all this and of course you you don't you don't if you're not saved and you don't you don't know the word and so I find out man I can be healed and then the Lord healed me of several things that I was dealing with that you know or had dealt with you know I had had some kind of blood disease and uh, the Lord healed me of that I mean I'd been to the doctor and you know hospital been in the hospital got shots you know uh, for it. Every week, you know, and uh, you know, not to no avail. And uh, but when I when I found out that you know the Lord had provided healing for me, uh, I haven't had a problem with that since I was 21 years old. Hallelujah, Amen. And uh, you know, but I didn't know that. But I, I was walking out of darkness. Amen. Um, and and God wants us to walk out of darkness. Amen. He doesn't want us to be like the world. Now look at 2 Peter. 
this may not be like the greatest message you've ever heard in your life, but it's, it's, it's what we're serving tonight. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes we, uh, we got to remember who we are, what we're called to. Amen. Because so much of the church right now is falling back into darkness. You know, I mean, you're not, but, you know, we sometimes if we just look at our little group or, and, you know, where we're at and all, and we don't realize it, but you look at the, you look at the church worldwide, man, are you kidding me? We're saying this is okay? How many of it doesn't matter what leader says something's okay and you can bless it? If the Bible doesn't say it, 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 you can't. It doesn't matter. It just means that that leader is an error. Right? You know, and you need to keep, you need to keep your eye on the, on, the, on the Word of God. Amen? You know, I, I was, personally, I would not go to a church that doesn't preach out of the Bible. You say, well, are there any of them? Multitudes of them. Don't even open their Bible. Right? I don't want no part of that. When I read my Bible, we're supposed to be instructed out of the Word of God, right? How to live, right? How to live victorious. How to live clean. How to live holy. How to serve God. About tithing. A little less white rights on that, but it's in your Bible. About, well, what, wait a minute now, some of our brethren are preaching this not. Well, where did they get that at? Oh, yeah, some of our Word of Faith brothers are preaching. To, you don't have to tithe now. We're, we're free from the law. <laughs> Tithing was before the law. It was during the law. It is after the law. It's an honor and a worship to God. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. So when did we get free from honoring the Lord? When did that happen? I didn't get that memo from heaven. Did you get that, Pastor Chuck? And I'm a pastor and you're a pastor. You think God would have sent some kind of text to us or email or something and said, quit preaching on tithing. You don't have to do that any longer. I didn't get that. You know, you won't get it because the Bible gives us a different text, a different email. I'll just stick with the Bible. How about you? And be blessed. Hallelujah. Tithing's blessed me too much to give it up now over some, somebody that says we don't have to do that any longer, you, you know. And so we, God brought us into, man, he brought us into some glorious light, man. Look at this in 2 Peter um, chapter, chapter 1. Now, you know, you, people do what they want to do, but some people, are, some people are still hungry for God's Word. I am, are you? I, I, I want to know the truth, man. 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter said, uh, it says this first one, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. You know, you got the same faith Peter's got. Woo, hallelujah. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See, if you want more peace in your life, you need more of the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness uh, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us, <coughs> King James says, to glory and virtue. Some say by glory and virtue. But I want you to notice what He's called us to. He's called us to His glory, and He's called us to virtue. <coughs> he's called us to live virtuous lives. Amen. Lives that are 
uh, pure lives. Amen. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that wonderful? Partakers of His divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God's given us through His precious promises power to escape the corruption that's in this world. And besides this, giving all diligence add to your faith. Well, if you, how many of you got to add something to your faith? You better find out what it is, right? right? Listen to the first thing he says, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, everybody say virtue. The word virtue there means moral excellence. In other words, we ought to be the standard of how you ought to live for God. We ought to be the standard of righteousness in the earth. Uh, Listen, uh, (laughs) we shouldn't let the world set the standards for the church. The church is supposed to set the standards. We're supposed to have the moral excellence. And nothing, nothing, now listen, I want to talk to you about a few things. uh, Nothing's going to stop you any quicker than loose morals. He said, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Here we go preaching. It's just kind of like uh, preaching on living right. Yeah, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Because I mean, the Bible still talks about that, doesn't it? Yeah. It has all kind. Of, when you read through the epistles, you know, the epistles, the letters to the church, there's all kinds of instructions about how we're supposed to live our lives and, uh, you know, how we're supposed to walk and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves, right? right? And did you know God ta- teaches us how... How to live moral lives, pure lives, holy lives, and all that. But, you know, he doesn't do that just because, you know, he's an old prudent. He doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you killing yourself. How many of the wages of sin is what? Death. How many of God knows how things work? How many, of, how many of your kids have to learn that, right? They have to, you have to teach them. They don't just have, automatically have that. You know, think about it. When you're a kid, kids do, that, that's, why, that's why we still need parents, because until they get to a certain age, some of them is 50, they don't know how to live right. Do they? <laughs> They'll do dumb things. I, I did. You know, my, my mom was just, I mean, she's I'll soon be 90 years old, and we were just visiting her the other day, and she was just calming what you boys did when you were young. <laughs> she, she was talking about that. She, well, she, she, it's been a long time since we've been that young, but it, 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 we, we must have tormented her really bad because she still talks about it. <laughs> and all that correction and all that getting on to us was for our benefit, you know, because we didn't have enough sense to know better. Amen. I, I remember, you know, you know, Dad saying you, you don't have to peel out Every time you take off. And when you buy your first set of tires, you get the message, right? You don't have to. This costs money. And so, you know, a lot of things you, you, don't, you just learn as you're going along. You do stupid things. You do dumb things. That's just because you're a kid. You don't know any better. But you got to be trained. I mean, the same thing's true with us believers. we got to let the Word of God train us. Yes. You know, what's right, what's wrong, what's good. And it's not that God's trying to, you know, put any kind of legalism on us. Uh, listen, man. Uh, a guy left the church. He was a musician. He was a you know, famous guy. He left the church. And here's what he said. He said, there's just too many rules and regulations in the church. I said, those aren't rules and regulations, buddy. Those are guardrails. 
to keep you from crashing your life. And now you go out and crash because you throw the guardrails away. It's like, you know, Dr. Barkley, a guy left his church and said, you know, and then, you know, he, he went and bad-mouthed the church all over town, you know, and bad-mouthed Dr. Barclay, you know, and all that, which shows you he's wrong. He's in the wrong. He's in the wrong. And so Dr. Barclay was walking in the store, one, one store, and he says, oh, hey, Pastor, how are you doing? Dr. Barclay says, you got no doc. He says, uh, hey, don't call me pastor. I, I don't want people to know I, I'm not your pastor. Good and quiet in here. But, you know, the guy's bad mouthing all over town. You know, he said, no, nah. he said, I'm not your pastor. He said, well, I just want to talk to you. He said, well, let's get behind this racker so nobody sees us. <laughs> Doc will just rub, you know, he'll have fun with you. And uh, he, he, said, he said, since I've left your church, I'm free. He said, okay, let's take an inventory of that. He says, that alcohol I smell on your breath? Yeah. Oh, you're free to drink. Yeah. Do you, do you tithe anymore? Well, no. Oh, you're free not to tithe. Do you, uh, do you go to church anymore? No. Well, you're free not to go to church. How many know he's destroying his life? He calls it freedom, but he's destroying his life. God's got guard, guardrails for us. Hallelujah. We need to know it. Amen. All right. Look at this. He said, add virtue to your faith. In other words, you have to, you, there's some things we have to add to our faith if our faith is going to be powerful. And one of them is right living. You know, God's called us out of that darkness. Amen? All right. Praise God. Now, let's, uh, I want to I go to Numbers chapter 33. Go there, Numbers 33. Numbers 33. I mean, you know, the, you know the, this is things that the, you know, it, it's amazing when you, do, when you take a subject in the Bible and you just, you just look at it. You just look throughout the Bible for it. It's amazing how many times some things are in there, you know. Like, like one time, I forget what, like angels. Uh, I was preaching on the angels one time and found out there, you know, there, the Bible talks about angels over 300 some times. And 104 times they appeared to people in the Bible. Now, you don't realize that because you just read snippets here and snippets there, but you read the whole thing and you look for that. It's like, it, it almost like this is a book about angels. But, but you know how many, the Bible's just full of stuff, isn't it? And, and like this, this about walk, this uh, coming out of darkness or being called out of darkness, that's throughout the Bible, how God called his people out and separated them so that we would live different kind of lifestyles. Now, here in, uh, it, well, you know, and this is what, you know, people have had an issue with this when God told Israel, you know, don't marry, you know, foreign, the foreign women or men, you know what I'm saying, don't marry foreigners. People are like, well, God's a racist. It had nothing to do with race. It had to do with right living. Right? They weren't living right. And now, God said this to them in Numbers chapter 33, Verse 50, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their, their pictures, their carvings on stones is what it's talking about, destroy all their molten images, quite pluck down all their high places. You shall destroy 
dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And you shall divide the land for lot by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more you'll give the more, and the more inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. But if you will, this is, this is what I wanted to get to, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass those which remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Now God said to them, He said, when you get in those land, you drive all those people out. See, don't leave anything that's not supposed to be in your land, don't leave it in there. Because it's going to vex you. It's going to vex you. It's going to cause you problems. See, there's Peter talked about this. He talked about Lot. Now, Lot was a righteous man. The Bible tells us that. But does it mean he was the most intelligent righteous man? Right? How many know? Lot chose to live in Sodom and Gomorrah, didn't he? He didn't have to live there. He chose that. And the Bible says he vexed his soul every day because of their unlawful deeds. He did it. He could have moved. Right? And so God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot, Lot, Lot leaves, right? Leaves with these two daughters. His wife, you know, turns into a pillar of salt. And he leaves with these two daughters, and they go up in this cave, and his two daughters sleep with him. How many? Did you, you saw, I don't know, it was in the Bible. Well, it's in the book of Genesis. And get pregnant by their, they get him drunk. I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. They get him drunk. And they sleep with him. Wonder where they got those morals from. That came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their for their bad morals, right? And his girls got the same thing, man. It's because they they're hanging in a place where they shouldn't be. And I mean, we got to drive things out. Of, we can't let things get comfy and let things stay in our life that doesn't belong in our life. We got to drive that out, right? Now, I know, you know, people get saved. They, I mean, they still got issues, right? You know, so, you know it's kind of like Lazarus. He's, he's resurrected, but he's still bound. He needs to be loosed and let go. And so we as a church, we help that, right? We help, we help clean up. See, when Doc, Dr. Barkley tells his story, it's powerful. When he first got saved, you know, I mean, he was a Marine. He was a drill sergeant. He'd come back from Vietnam. He was a drill sergeant. He drank heavily, and he goes and gets saved. He gets saved, and he starts going to a Pentecostal church. Well, he's not cleaned up yet. You know what I'm saying? He's, like, still got problems. You know, he still, uh, you know, says things he shouldn't say, does things he shouldn't do. He was standing outside the church one night, and one guy starts talking bad about the pastor. Well, Dr. Barclay likes the pastor, so he hits him and decks him on the, out in front of the church on the grass. Pow! Pastor calls him in and says, Mark, don't do that. He had to work on him. You know, that's what his first pastor told him. He said, he said, I can make a disciple out of you. He said, but if you're not serious, hit the door. I don't, I'm not going to mess with it. 
He said, no, I want to be made a disciple out of it. Well, you know, he had a real problem with drinking, you know. And so, you know, he was trying to get free from drinking and all that. Well, thank God he was trying, right? I always tell people, if you're trying, I'm on your side. If you're just going to let those Canaanites live in your land, I don't know how I'm going to help you. Right? See, sometimes people as a, want me to help them as a pastor, but they don't really want to get free. How many, if you don't want to be delivered, you're not going to get delivered. Now, I've cast demons out of people over the years, the last 30, 40 years, whatever it's been, but there's been times I couldn't do it. And, you know, before I learned better, I thought, man, I'm a failure here. But then I began to realize, no, there's something in their life they're not letting go of because I have authority over the devil, right? right? And if he's not coming out, that's your, that's your deal. He's, he's got a reason to stay there. See, you see what I'm saying? See, neither give place to the devil, right? See, Paul said we can't, you can't be, you can't partake of the Lord's table or the table of devils. He's talking to the church at Corinth. He said, don't you know that those that uh, eat off the altar are partakers of the altar? In other words, whatever, whatever altar they're, you know, they're eating those sacrifices and they're partakers of the altar. And he was just using it to let them know, you got to check and see what are you eating in life? What, whose altar did it come from? Because if it came off the devil's altar, you're having fellowship with demons. And you can't have fellowship with demons and with God at the same time, the demons are going to win out. Not that they're more powerful than God, but you're giving them place. God won't force himself on you, but the devil sure will. And so I've had that before where I couldn't get people delivered. And I just began to realize after I grew in the Lord and realized, you know, the problems with them, you know, because we have authority over the devil and I can cast the devil out. But if, you, but if you're hanging on to something in your life and you're giving him license to be there, he's not going anywhere. Right, you got you to you be serious about it. So you got to consider what altar it's off of. And a lot of the church sometimes is partaking of things that comes off the devil's altar and wonder why they got their bondage or in, you can't get free. The reason is, is because you're partaking of the wrong altar. Is this too strong? You know what I'm saying? I tell people, don't tell me the modern alcoholics uh, industry comes off the altar of God. It does not. I was there. I partook of it. I, I, nothing godly came out of it. Amen. And so, you know, so you don't want to have fellowship with that. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to have fellowship with anything that's of the devil. Do you? It came off of his altar. See, the, the, see, demons are drawn to, they're drawn to uncleanness. And uh, you can't get them to leave if you're going to live unclean, you know. And, uh, you know, we, one time I was dealing with a person, and I just couldn't get them delivered. And so I called someone I knew that was an older elder in the church, older minister, an elder, you know, and I just said, you know, help me out here. I don't know what's, what, what, what am I missing here that I can't get this person free. And he said, he said, well, have they given this up? And I said, no, they still say they do that. And they're having, you know, they want to, but they haven't given it. He said, you'll never give them free till they give it up, till they, till they make a decision they don't want it in their life. And boy, was he right. I learned something that day. You know, unless they, unless they want to be free, they're not going to be free. You see, sometimes people approach us, well, if you can do anything, do it. But if not, then I'm going to keep living the way I live. How I many are you going to stay bound? Because you're not, you're not, you got to get serious about it, right? 
right? All right, you know, like, like I did yesterday, the other day uh, after Christmas, I got on the scales and I said, uh, that is it. <laughs> now, I mean, really serious this time. You're, you're, you know, you're going to see some, you're going to see some fruit this time, you know, because, you know, I told you I have my goal of this year and I've only got, how many days are left this year? Three or four days. Well, I got to lose, you know, I told you my goal was to lose 30 pounds and at the end of this year, and I've only got, I've, I've got four days to lose. Well, I lost some already now since I made that decision, so to lose uh, 34 pounds. <laughs> All things are possible. I told Phyllis, because I, I was hungry last night when I went to bed, man, I told Phyllis, I hope I wake up and weigh 165 in the morning, but it didn't happen. I'm hungry right now, but I just learned that you, that's part of it. So anyway, but you, you know, you got to make, and, that, and that's the way it is. That's funny, but that's the way it is. With, if you want to be free, you got to really want to be free. I mean, you can pray for people, and I've done it, man. You can pray for them, pray for them. But if they're, if they're somehow just a little bit still hanging on to that, that devil's not going anywhere. He's not moving. I've ran into it. And I'd come home sometimes and think, man, man, I, I thought I had authority over the devil. How come I worked here and it isn't there? And you find out that's not you. It's the people, amen, that they need to make a decision. Is this making any sense? I, I don't know. See, that's what Jesus said. He said, the, the, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. There's nothing here. Look at 2 Corinthians. Let's, we may close right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> I want to show you what Paul says. We're just talking about coming out of darkness. Amen? Coming out of that darkness. I know people struggle with things. I understand that. I'm, I mean, you know, it's like I said, Dr. Barclay struggled with alcohol big time when he got saved, you know. And so, you know, he would, uh, um, he, he would, he start, finally started Fasting. Fasting. And he said, this old Pentecostal lady in their church, I mean, real old Pentecostal lady, you know, <laughs> that kind. Some of y'all have been picking, you know what I'm talking about. But she, you know, she had, she had something about her, man. And she came up to, and she, she asked him, well, how you doing? He said, well, I drank last night or something like that. She, and he said, but I'm fasting. She says, well, he, she, she, she said, what are you fasting? He said, well, food. He said, she said, sounds like me. You're fasting the wrong thing, sonny boy. Food's not your problem. But when she said that, something went off in him. He thought, you know, she's right. I don't, I don't have a food problem. I got a beer problem. So he said, you know, he said, I'm going to go all day long all day long without drinking a beer, all day long. I mean, till I get off work. <clears throat> he said, so as soon as I got off work, there was one in my console. I popped it and drank it, you know. But I made it all day, you know, because that's how bound he was. Then he said, well, you know, I'm going to do, do a day. Then he just kept, I'm going to fast two days. Then he finally got it up to a week, and then two weeks, two weeks, and so he, 
He, he, he, go, he, you know, he, he's so excited, he calls his pastors, pastors rejoicing with him. It's been two weeks since he drank a beer, you know. And he said, you know what, after that I never had one the rest of my, the rest of my life. See, you have to fight it, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Some people just want it instant. Thank God I've had it. I've been, there's things I've got instantly delivered from, thank God. But a lot of stuff, you got you to gotta fight it. You got to drive out the inhabitants of the land, right? They want to hang around, right? You know, the devil doesn't give up easy sometimes. He wants to keep that on you, you know? Amen? Somebody says, well, I've got my father's temper. No, you don't. He's probably still got his. You got your own. Don't blame it on him. That's yours. Well, you know, I'm just, I just, I'm just, I'm just real. That's all. I'm just real, Pastor. I'm just real. Yeah, real carnal. See, spiritual people realize we got some work to do, right? Listen, if God gets on to you, how many know that's a good thing? Because it shows He loves you. As many as He loves, He rebukes. See. Correction's not a bad thing. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Correction's not a bad thing. You, if you're going to drive home, you've got to make some corrections, don't you? You can't just keep the wheel straight. You're going to hit something. See, correction means you're, you're, going, you're, going, you're making corrections to get to your desired place. When God corrects you, He's trying to get you to the desired place He has for you. How does He correct me? He corrects you through His Word, right? Whether that's you reading it, you hearing it, me preaching it to you, right? I've had to correct people in the church before. And I always appreciate those that are mature enough to handle it. You know, some people get offended. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm telling you that right now. Only the Lord. No, He doesn't tell you what to do. I can tell by your rebellious attitude. He doesn't tell you what to do. Hallelujah. You know, if, God, if, you're, if you're listening to God, you're submissive. Amen. So, you know, well, I just, I just don't let nobody tell me what to do. Well, that just proves you're, you're, you're still immature. That's like a little kid. Nobody can tell me what to do. Well, if you're wrong, how many know you, you want to know? I don't know about you, but I want to know. You know, if I'm, if I'm about to mess up my life, I want to know. I don't like it when, you know, you, you mess things up, and then after you've messed up, then somebody tells you, well, I knew that. Well, why didn't you tell me? I was in... Uh, I'm trying to think where I was at. I was in a store. That narrows it down in Evansville, doesn't it? Where was I at? I was in Sam's. I'm in there with one of my good friends. Everybody say good friend. How many know good good friend? A friend loves it all the time, and they'll tell you the truth, right? So I'm in there with my good friend, and I'm trying to check out. He he needed some stuff. I needed some stuff, you know. So we go in there together, and he gets. We were just using one card. He, we got our stuff in there, and so I'm trying to check out and. I can't get it to, to take my, my Sam's card. It, I'm just running this thing and trying to scan it. It won't do it. And, uh, you know, this lady at the counter, that, you know, they work around there. She comes up and she looks at it, and she looks at it and shows me, and it's a Costco card. <laughs> and she, you know, she just patted me on the shoulder like that, like, you dumb. How'd your wife let you get out? You know. And so... And, you know, I'm trying to scan and get it to use it, and it's not working. And I tell my friend, now, he's with me. He's standing there watching this whole thing. I said, we got to go put all this stuff back. I said, did you bring your Sam's card? He said, no. I said, you come to Sam's, you don't bring your Sam's card? 
He said, no, I didn't bring it. You got to have it. He didn't bring it. So I'm saying, well, we got to put all this stuff back. And so, you know, then that find the lady, see, she, that's when she comes over and checks that and says, shows it to me. It says Costco and then pats me on the shoulder like, you idiot. And, uh, but, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was then my friend says, well, I knew that was your Costco card. Why didn't you tell me? You're, I tell you we're going to put this stuff back and you're going to let us go put the stuff back because you're not telling me it's my Costco card? You're not telling me it's not my Sam's card, it's my Costco card? I want to know. If you did just open your mouth, we could have fixed this. We didn't even need her to come over and pat me on the shoulder like you dumb idiot. You could have fixed it. <clears throat> Amen. Disclaimer. That doesn't mean we run around telling everybody what they need to do. Right? Sticking our nose in everybody's business. But there's times we have authority in places. Amen. We have relationships. Amen. Now, look with me. Did you find 2 Corinthians 6? I don't know. You can take this message and burn it. Whatever. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. The Bible says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord or agreement hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believes with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, walk in them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and notice this, and be ye separate. See, come out. Come out of that darkness. Be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore, verse 1, these precious promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of, and of the Spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Well, you know, when I gave my life to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the very first things, I, I don't know how I knew this, it was just the Lord leading me, but one of the first things I realized I had to do was break off my friendships. I realized that. I don't know how I knew it, Brother Steve. I don't, I, nobody told me. But how I many know, I just, the Lord just led me. It's like, I've got to cut it off with these guys I ran with, you know. And uh, they didn't like it. Some of them thought, you know, I was bet, like saying, I'm holier than thou, I'm better than you. That wasn't it at all. It's just, I can't go where you're going. I can't do what you're doing and continue to serve God. I'm going a different direction now. And so, some way or another, I realize I got to change friends. I got to, I got to get, I got to, you know, unless they want to come with me, uh, I got to change, you know. And so, without knowing that scripture, I was obeying that scripture. I was coming out from among them and being separate. Because <clears throat> there's a scripture, it's in Haggai. Chapter two, and I, I like what the, Amplified, the way the Amplified Bible words it. It, it talks about this about uh, holiness and unholiness, and it says this in the Amplified Bible. It adds this this footnote or addendum to the to the verse. It's like Haggai two eleven thirteen through thirteen something like that. But the Amplified Bible says this. It says that uh, holiness is not infectious. You know what infectious means? It's catchable. 
but it says unholiness is infectious. So in other words, you can't catch holiness. You have to receive it. But you can catch unholiness. Think about it like this. If, if somebody, let's just say somebody came into church and they were sick, and Phyllis as well. So I said, come up here, come up here. I want to set you down right beside Miss Phyllis's whole service so you can catch healing. How does not work that way? But how many know, you can, it is possible to catch sickness off somebody. See, a lot, a lot of people need to learn, you, you need to change the crowd you're running with. You need, to, you need to find people. You say, well, Jesus ate with sinners. He sure did. He did that to get them, you know, to, to, he said they needed a physician. He did that to heal them. He didn't, he, didn't go, he didn't go where they went. They came where he was at. And I had that happen. I had some of my friends come and go where I was at. Matter of fact, one of the funniest things I ever saw, we used to have, like, in, in, in those days, we had uh, uh, what we call Christian coffee houses. Anybody... Anybody remember those? Yeah. And then we, had a, we would have bands, Christian bands. Like, it looked like a bar. They served drinks, but they were non-alcoholic, you know. It was kind of like, you know, a halfway house. <laughs> we were coming out of darkness, but we still need a little bit of something. <laughs> you know, we weren't ready for bringing in the sheaves yet, you know. This is kind of preparing us, you know. And so... I remember taking one of my unsaved friends, and he was just as wild as could be. He's, 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 he was goofier than I was. I mean, I was ten times better than he was. He was that goofy. He just, he's out there. And so <laughs> I take him to this place, you know, and we're, we're worshiping God, you know, man. We got our hands up in the air worshiping the Lord, and the band's playing, you know. It's, you know, lights are down. You know, uh, but it's all sanctified stuff. I mean, it's Christian music. It's non-alcoholic, all that. And, so, and, and I look over there, and he's got his hands in the air like I do. And he, he looks at me with his stupid grin. He goes, what is this anyway? And he said something so profound, I never forgot it. He said, is this like an antenna on a car? I said, that's exactly what it is. We're putting up our antenna that received reception from God. To receive signals from him, and uh, so he came. He came with me, and he did give his life to Jesus Christ. He did get saved, and so that's different, right? It's different than we going to the bar with him. Isn't that right? See, I've had it the other way too, where they people somebody came to me in church and said, you know, I got I'm part of this band, and we play in the bars and. We believe God's called us into the bars. I said, how many people get saved? He said, none. I said, I don't think you're called. I think you just want to be there. Did they like what you said? No, they didn't like what I said. But how many knows, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll just tell you. You know, you don't need to be in that environment. Right? You know, one of the, things, one of the major things the church makes a mistake about is a celebrity gets saved and they put them in the pulpit. And we've lost, we've seen, you know, I'm thinking about a guy, he was a musician in my day, you know, when I was younger. He's still going, you know, but he's really, he's pretty old now. 
But he, 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 gave, you know, he, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And the first thing the church did was put him in a place of authority, put him behind the pulpit, and began using his ministry, you know, his music and everything else. And now he's back out in the world. I'm thinking, what did you think was going to happen? That's just like taking a... They, just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean they're not a baby Christian. They're still a baby Christian. That was going to beat their living brains out if you stick them in ministry. They got to grow up. And what they should have done is said, okay, we're not going to use, we're not, it's really pimping them is what it's doing. Yeah. Well, we're going to set you down and grow you up. And if God's called you to a ministry, then you'll get into it in a few years from now. Yeah. But it'll be a while. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, a lot of preachers get embarrassed. I see preachers, they have these stars that just got saved, you know. Now they got them in their churches speaking. And, you know, a month later, those guys are back, you know, in, in, um, it's in sin. I'm thinking, that wasn't very smart. They have to go through the same process everybody else does. We've got to get cleaned up, grow up, corrected. Hallelujah. Isn't this good preaching? Oh, man, listen. Listen to this. I'll close with this scripture. Did you get anything tonight? Go here to Revelation chapter uh, 18. I know we've looked at a few scriptures tonight, but uh, I want to look at one more. Revelation 18, and this is it. God's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Hallelujah. We're talking about coming out. Listen, uh, coming out of darkness. Listen to this. He said, verse uh, 4 and I heard another, Revelation 18, 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her plagues. He's talking about Babylon. And we could say, like this world, Babylonian system. Come out of that. Don't be partakers of their sin. And so you don't receive the plagues they get. Right? right? You know, people uh, sometimes put themselves in bondage and they don't need to. Did you know, if you live for God in this in America today, really now you're not gonna you're not gonna you're gonna disagree with this to start with, but I, I'm gonna prove it to you here. You, you know who the most hated person in America is? Some people said Donald Trump, and he's number two. Jesus Christ. If you live like Jesus said to live, if you preach His Word, you will be hated because they don't like what He stands for. Now, they've made another Jesus who accepts everything, but He's not the real Jesus. Right? Right? We had a friend one day, he was preaching, will the real Jesus Stand up. Because there's so many Jesuses out there being preached that aren't the real Jesus. But I guarantee you, if, if you... you see, all, the, all, these, all these things, these hot-button issues we're dealing with, the Bible talks about them. And if people will say, you're a bigot, you're this or you're that, 
When the truth of the matter is, it's God that you think is a bigot. It is Jesus who you think is a bigot because we're just living by his word. I don't know about you. I'm okay with everything he's okay with. If he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. But when he says no, then I'm to say no. Amen. People, I'm going to go to a church where they let you do this. Well, that's fine. You can go there, but you still, you still don't got God's permission. Well, but the pastor is okay with it. Uh, we had a lady tell us that one time. She was living with a guy, you know, not married. She knew better. They got quiet on that. See, a lot of churches don't even know that's wrong. You're not supposed to shack up. You're supposed to get married. And now, you know, that's, that's just the, that's in all throughout the Bible. I don't know why this is hard. And so, you know, I, I called her in the office and I said, you do know, and I'm nice about it, you know. Uh, I said, you, and Phyllis is with me, of course. I said, you do know this is wrong. She's got a boyfriend, they're living together. I said, you do know this is wrong, don't you? Well, my boyfriend's pastor says it's okay. I said, I don't care what your boyfriend's pastor says. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the true shepherd. He says it's not. And, um, of course, she left the church. But that's, that's all right. I'd rather that happen than me to let leaven in the congregation. Because if I'm going to let her do that, then why can't everybody do it? Why can't the leadership do it? Why can't the pastor do it? Oh, here we go. Well, this is, I got to go home. But I, I see this double standard. That, that if pastor did some of the things the sheep did, then people would leave the church. Well, listen, the same word for pastor is the same word for the sheep. It hadn't changed. I live by the same word you do. Amen. And pastors do that. One pastor divorced his wife, and the next Sunday, before the divorce was completed, before it was done, he just filed for divorce from his wife. The next Sunday, he has a young lady stand up that was in the choir and says, God has provided me another wife. And the whole congregation applauded. I'm thinking, we have a, Houston, we have a problem here. We have a real problem here. There's leaders that get off, but I really have a problem when the sheep follow it. It's like, man, we have got a problem because now everybody else is going to do the same thing and God's going to, his, his, I mean, no, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't get glory out of that. Amen. Oh, I've been, this is hard preaching tonight. Not that you're making it hard, it's just, I don't know why I'm saying all these things, but ha- sometimes we just need a little cleaning, a little house cleaning. Remember, we're called out of that darkness. We're called to live different, right? We're not perfect. People have made mistakes. I tell you, know, people like, say, well, Pastor, I've got this in my past. Well, thank God it's in your past. A guy was talking to me, I'm closing right here. A guy was talking to me one day, he was, he was a, uh, a, 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 a little older than me, 
and he was talking to me. Now, this is 1990s. He's talking to me, and he, he, he's just all messed up. And so I was like, well, what? And he said, I said, what's going on, brother? He said, well, back in 1964, I said, what year was that again? 1960, he missed it in 1964. 1964. You know what I was doing in 1964? I was wearing shorts, cowboy boots, and a cut-off T-shirt, riding in the back of my mom's red Pontiac. Listen to these boots are made for walking. That's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. I forget who sang that, but anyway. Yeah, it was a really bright song. That many years ago? I said, well, you know where I was at in 64? I had hair. It was white, blonde white. How many know that? That guy needs to get over it, right? He said, well, people have kept me beat down. Well, quit listening to people and live your life out, brother. Go live for Jesus. Yeah, but people will bring it up. So what? person brought something up to me one time about a minister that had fallen. They had sinned, but this minister had gotten right with God. They'd gotten back into the ministry and gotten right with God. And they said something to me. We were talking, and they said, uh, you know what? I would never send her to their ministry again. And the Lord spoke to me. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. The Lord spoke to me just as clear, clear as could be. He said, I'm more offended by their attitude than I was by what he did. Because he's repentant, and I've forgiven it. But their attitude goes on. I just, I was nice about it. I said, well, you can do what you want to do. You know, it's your business, but, you know, I believe they're genuine. Stand up. Did you get something tonight? Yeah. Praise God. We've got to walk out of that darkness into His marvelous light. Yeah. Hallelujah. And if you're dealing with stuff in your life, like I said, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just determine. This, like I did, I made a determination. And, uh, you know, you're, you're not sticking around. You're not staying here. You got to go. Hallelujah. And God will help you. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.